Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And joining us this week for the fifth, sixth time ever is special guest Michael. Michael, how's it going? Hi, I'm a special guest. I'm Michael. Uh, This is my fifth or sixth time on the podcast. Damn, that's why we bring him on. The insightful commentary, what he brings to the conversation that nobody else could. That's why we get him in here. That's why we pay him the big bucks. That's why you call me Mr. Deep Pockets. That is why we call you Mr. Deep Pockets. Uh, Mm -hmm. This week, um, we will be talking about, and this episode's going to be a little bit different, so stick with me here. We're going to talk about the Outer Worlds. Um, but oh, none I'm sorry, of us they've already finished. left. Oh, damn it. All right, well, everyone go home. Uh, but none of us have finished the video game. That's kind of that's the, the way that we're doing this one. We're going to talk about it probably in chunks. Um, but I figured let's start out kind of letting everyone know where we are each at. Duncan, I know you're not um, super far into it, so you're only joining us for the first portion or so. And we're going to talk about the game chronologically. So, you know, if you are at a certain point, you should know exactly how far you can listen to. But Duncan, uh, where are you at in, in this this particular game? That Which I should the... say is developed by Obsidian Entertainment and just uh-huh. recently came out on October 25th. Hey, what is this game even about? What does this game do? I feel like if we talk about where I am in the game, no one's going to have any context if they've never seen this video game. So like, what what's this goddamn game about? All right, all right. You make a fair point. You make a fair point. Do you, uh, If you want me to describe it, I will. I'll hey, just... go for it, man. Oh shit! I didn't think you <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Don't give me an out like that and not be ready for it. Well, when I described it, you both you both seemed to disagree with the, how I how I formatted it. So why don't you take care well, of it? Uh, so the Outer Worlds is, um, like I said, it's the newest game from Obsidian Entertainment. It is a first person, you know, RPG, um, you know, kind of action RPG, very much in the vein of a Fallout. Um, I have heard a lot of people describe this game as kind of a middle point between Fallout New Vegas and Mass Effect. Um, and I think that's kind of a relatively decent way to think about it. It's, um, you know, takes place on a bunch of varying worlds a la Mass Effect, um, but it still has kind of an open world type structure to it. Still has a lot of RPG mechanics in terms of leveling up individual skills and, you know, rolling for certain checks in um, conversation to try and talk your way out of, you know, various engagements. If you've played um, any of the modern Fallouts or Skyrims or anything like that, that's the baseline structure of the game. It kind of plays with that in some interesting ways it pulls from um a couple of various other games in terms of inspiration and it it really you know it feels different in the moment to moment but that is kind of the baseline structure of the game so being an outsider um to this because i feel like you both were a little bit more invested in this game and Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. its development um i do notice that it's only on the epic game store and not on steam is this game like in beta or like what is the kind of like is it like being worked on still like what's oh, the deal? Oh, I get it. We're bringing the funny gamer oh. energy. No, I'm I'm genuinely serious. I really don't know why it's just on Epic and I don't know why it's on Steam. Oh, I mean the Epic paid for exclusivity rights. Oh, okay. I, I just yeah. didn't know I, that. It is also it is also on the Microsoft Windows Store. It is not strictly Epic oh, Game Store, but okay. the Windows Store is absolutely garbage. Yeah, no, I just legitimately didn't know if it was like like they were still like working on some of the bugs and stuff like that, or if there was anything like that. But no, it seemed finished to me, so I just didn't know. All right, yeah. cool, cool. 
that was a zero value added question. Uh, so <laughs> everybody gets well, one. You know, Thank you. Thank you. I've had some people six. might be confused, so you never know. Okay, cool. Um, so where I am with the game is I finished the first world, which was Edgewater. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I finished Edgewater, which is kind of the tutorially like let me show you what this game's about, give you some easy missions, some kind of like digestible story beats and like a lot of entertainment and, you know, very just kind of a generally fun uh zone and level and kind of just a space for you to play around um and get you to kind of know the world and the introduction and the environments and i'm enjoying it quite a bit i can i am someone that doesn't really enjoy the worlds of fallout i really liked the i really liked new vegas for its writing i think it was just kind of like a Mm -hmm. fun game and there was a lot of things that um, like little side quests and stories, and I really like the faction interactions and stuff like that that I didn't really get with four or th- some of three, um, and I think some of that's just due to age. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I love the companion stuff. I love the um, side quests I'm getting, and it's just a better looking game overall. Like obviously graphically because the times are new, but also they've chosen much more interesting environments. I think yeah. the reason I drop out of a lot of Fallout is because it's all fucking one color, whether that be green or brown. Like it's all the mm-hmm. same color, and I hate mm-hmm. it. And this is much more vibrant and beautiful. And also I don't like fucking commander shepherd so i have no interest in mass effect i know he's just you can't not like commander shepherd he's He's whatever you want him to be i know but he (laughs) he or she talks so fucking stupidly and it's so boring (laughs) what can you tell me about the reapers like i i don't know he just shouldn't talk he shouldn't talk you shouldn't talk. It, it, this is not a New Vegas, or I'm sorry, a, a Mass Effect podcast, though. So it where, fucking could be, though. Tell me, it'll turn on a dime at any fucking minute. I'll do it. <laughs> so serious. Um, yeah, you fucking wouldn't do it. I, I fucking know love you. Mass Effect. That's just my jam. You know mm. that. I don't know that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the the ball to whoever to give me your general thoughts where you are in the game, what you think. Yeah, Michael, why don't you walk us through that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think at this point, I'm probably farther than you, Alex. Um, I would believe that, yes. Yeah, I'm about 28 hours into the game now. 20? I was was that an 8 at the end of that, or was it just 20? Oh, that was 28. Um, I swear to God, I talked to you two days ago when you were 15 (laughs) hours into that game. It's just really (laughs) roping me in, buddy. is lord. This is exactly what I wanted out of a video game. This is space cowboy like chicanery at its finest. It's uh Jesus. It's so good. It's it's like Firefly but better. Um Okay. Wait a sec. Hold on. Right. Actually, now, hold I'm going to backpedal wow, about eight steps. Now, a lot now, of I'm people not... don't want to be friends with me after this podcast. Weird. Interesting. <laughs> now, but cool, I guess. Now, I, I just don't th- I I would rather consume this experience than Firefly. I So far, at least. But I think they're just so different that you can't say one is better than the other. Like, they're two very different forms of media. I guess. Also, I, I will say up front, um, and we'll talk about this later, this game pulls a lot from Firefly. It absolutely yeah. does. 
we'll talk about very, this a little later, but there's a character yeah. that's essentially just uh, Kaylee, which is played <laughs> by Jewel like, Sadie. There are like three characters that are essentially just Firefly that, characters. That's very we'll, true. We'll get, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so yeah, I'm 28 hours in. I'm very much uh, a completionist sort of player when it comes to these sort of games. So I've mm-hmm. been doing every little side quest, you know, searching all these nooks and crannies, and I'm getting a lot of joy out of it because these side quests don't really feel like filler or so much like fetch quests. The writing is really coming through on all of this. And I mean, you can tell it's an Obsidian game, which was known for, you know, New Vegas, which was known for its excellent writing. Mm-hmm. Um so I am quite a bit of ways through. I mean, I've done Edgewater, I've done Groundbreaker, I've done Hearts of Scylla, and now I'm on to uh, a planet called Monarch, or maybe that's mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, it's the planet, right? Yeah, yeah that's, I landed on that pretty recently. So. Yeah, and I, I'd say I'm about a third of the way through the quests on Monarch right now, and doing okay. some of the uh, companion quests, so I've just been enjoying this all around. The, the shooting feels smooth. I love the time dilation stuff. I, I very much honed my character to a specific thing. I'm just doing pistols and like a long sniper rifle, and that's it. And it's just, mm. I'm loving it. I'm loving every really second of it. You really are just playing Firefly out there. I really am. <laughs> I can't help yeah. it. It's just so good. Uh, it's scratching it's, an itch, you know? Hey, and it's it's doing it. It sounds like it's doing exactly what you wanted from it, and it it can take inspiration from a lot of places and you know i can give it shit for that if i want but as long as it's doing it well then there's nothing wrong with that that's yeah. right yeah alex hit us up so i am kind of in between you two i would say i am close to in terms of completion of the main story i'm pretty close to where you are michael um but i definitely have not been playing the game quite as completionist i have a bunch of quests that i could go do on other places um but i'm about 13 hours 13 or 14 hours into it i think um and i Again, in terms of actual where I am through, I've done Edgewater, Groundbreaker, um, and then the two side planets that they give you quick access to, so Cilia and uh, Roseway, Roseway, which is actually not a planet, it's just a different place you can land. Um, So that is, for for people listening, those are the things we are going to talk through. After that, we don't really have a common ground anymore, so we're going to stop, and Duncan's going to dip after the first one so he doesn't get massive spoilers. but yeah, I would say I'm I am definitely enjoying the game quite a bit, um, and I'll touch on this later uh, because I think it it's something that I want to unpack a bit. I think the game is coming through a little bit inconsistent for me. Um, I kind of think a lot of the features in terms of the way certain things are written and the design and the like, just the the tone of the world is very inconsistent in a way that sometimes is jarring in a good way and sometimes is jarring in a bad way. Um, but, you know, I'm still 13 hours in and I'm still enjoying it. You know, we weren't going to do this as a podcast game. We, I just just wanted to play the game. And so we picked it up and played a bunch. And then it was like, hey, we're playing this. We should maybe just do a podcast on this and mm-hmm. we should talk about it because I think it'll be a fun kind of relaxed way to talk about the game and get fucking content out there, you know? So let's do it. Let's do it. Just fucking jam that like button. Um, so that's kinda, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with, with the game right now. I think sort of in between the two of you. I feel I can, Alex. Do you feel it? I I feel I I feel Michael quivering with rage in Wisconsin, like like from <laughs> from from, from uh, California to me. I can feel his quivering. Where do you think I live right now? <laughs> <Is that> California, <laughs> dog. <laughs> no, I said like from in. Ca- did I say California? You, you said California. <laughs> Oh man, that pulled pork I ate earlier. <laughs> Those jalapeno so poppers are coming back. Yeah. Um, so I. 
<laughs> we just cut all that out. No, no. absolutely not. Okay, it needs fine. to stay. <laughs> so I think I think what we should do is me personally, since we didn't talk about this before, I would like to talk about like how the game mechanically like works and what we do and don't like about that and then kind of like talk about the first zone or would you like to do that vice versa i mean i know we already talked about the general like loop of it but you know what i mean like the combat and the like leveling up system and like the inventory and the kind of like light rpgs elements like yeah yeah. I, I i mean i think we can start with that i don't think that's necessarily a problem because the game opens with that pretty like it opens with an introduction to all of these systems before you really get much in the way of story um, yeah so yeah. i think that's fine you know you get um i guess for people who are maybe listening but haven't played the game you know the the base premise of it is that you were part of a colony ship called hope which was on its way to this new solar system which is essentially just run by massive mega corporations and uh, you know the whole game is essentially feels like a critique of hyper late stage capitalism um and you know you're Ship got lost along the way. You were cryogenically frozen along with a bunch of other people. And the scientist, um, you know, kind of outlaw scientist manages to find that ship, the colony ship, and manages to unfreeze you and have you successfully survive. And then as he is doing that is kind of like, you know, accosted by the law and has to make a way. So the whole premise of the game seems to be at the point where I'm at, you are going to help the scientist, you know, go back and free the rest of the, you know, 100,000 people or whoever was lost on that colony ship. So that's kind of like the baseline premise for the story. Again, the idea is, you know, it's an Obsidian game, so you can choose to side with other people. You can side with the mega corporations and turn in that scientist very early in the game, and it's a drastically different game if you choose to do that. But I don't think we have any cops in this call, so I think we're we're probably fine. <laughs> no cops, right? Yeah, yeah, no yeah, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, do go um, on. Yeah, down so with the corporations. About... <laughs> huh. I make my own goods and services. Huh. Interesting. You saw Interesting. that? <laughs> I think I smell a pig. <laughs> That's just the bolt pork ate earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So, how did you? Uh, Michael mentioned how he built this character. I'm just kind of curious. How did you? How did? What, what's your kind of like main? What's your professions? Alex, so in uh, in these types of games, I tend to go for you know small guns. Is term like in terms of my combat ability, I don't usually go for like heavy weapons or melee weapons, uh, and I go for usually the high intellect and speech builds. Um, so this game kind of lets you do a lot of those at once by grouping them together. So when you put a point into like you know. I don't remember any of the, the categories, but you put in, point into a category that's got, like, lying and speech and, you know, all those persuasion skills at once. Um, so I, I went charisma, for... basically. Yeah, charisma. So, yeah, I went for, like, um, the things I wanted to focus on was engineering, um, speech, and hacking, because I feel like if you don't have those, like, those are the ones that make me feel like I'm not going to get locked out of environments or conversation options. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to have the option to experience those. So I focused on those, but, you know... You dump a lot of points into a lot of things along the way. So I'm pretty good at everything except for melee weapons. I did the melee weapons. Uh, oh, okay. and, finally. And the stealth stuff. Uh, wow, the, okay. The lock picking and sneaking and um, all that shit. So it was very different from what I wanted to do. Like, I initially, 
you know, kind of was more leaning towards what you usually go for, because that's usually what I go for. But mm -hmm. I'm like, hell, I'll try a I'll try a melee weapon build in this game and um a little disappointed, but I'm Oh, okay are with you? It. Oh, why are you disappointed? Um, I feel like it's not as viable. Like the melee weapon combat isn't as viable. Maybe I'm just bad at it, but like I feel like it's difficult to run up to people and hit them and then run up to the next person and hit them you know what i mean like mm. it's hmm. i get shot a lot and it's ends yeah, up bad yeah. and and i'm realizing some... that i have to rely more on ranged weapons than i do my actual weapons and it's a lot more effective hmm. um, well i think there may be some like a curve that levels that out like some perks later on that allow you to like close gaps quicker and things like that okay. and also i know for a fact that some of the later melee weapons that i'm running into are much more interesting Okay, um, cool. So I think that could potentially. Maybe I I can definitely out, but... see it growing. It's just at the time I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting like I got killed maybe two or three times probably. Are you there. playing on normal or hard? Normal. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. This is something that Alex and I had talked about uh, before I actually started the game. Uh, Alex recommended that I play on hard instead of normal because apparently normal is wicked easy, and then hard seems hard at first, but then levels out a little Just bit more fucking mm. burying me well <laughs> <laughs> you know what here's the shovel dude just, just like, fucking bury me each just clump of dirt me. just sounds like dirty casual dirty casual <laughs> <laughs> i from what i have heard it does like level out to the point where most of the difficulty kind of bleeds away in normal okay maybe yeah, can maybe. i switch to hard in the middle uh, I, I think, think you, you can. can. I, th yeah. I think okay. you can switch to anything but the hardest difficulty, but also the hardest difficulty has, like, companion permadeath, which, why the fuck would I want that in this game? Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds awful. terrible. My companion yeah. got twice because they're dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but, yeah, so that's something um, that Alex had kind of warning me about is even while I'm playing on hard, the first group of enemies that you start to fight against, if, you you know, like, you're on your way to Edgewater, you're, you're like, fresh off the ship, you know, out of the landing pad... And mm -hmm. if you choose to fight, you just get fucking wrecked. And that's exactly what I did three times because I <laughs> didn't want to listen to Alex. I thought he was bad. But turns out he was right. No, dog. Those first few levels when you only have bad equipment is like is very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, you can't fight anything. You really do have to do the talking quest and level up a couple times until your health pool is big enough. So, uh, um, oh. No, you're good. Go on. Okay. So um, I think maybe we could transition into maybe like talking about the first world like and getting to the kind of hub of it very generally. Obviously, this is spoiler territory for Edgewater, mm -hmm. the first world. Um, we cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then. So um, as we kind of talked about earlier, you, you, you know, get fired off of that escape pod as the um, what's the scientist renegade's name? Oh, Phineas hey, Wells. Phineas Wells. Yeah, hey, should the it. guy who doesn't know any uh, names of the characters be doing the summary? Yeah, seems about right. We've um, <laughs> I mean, played three hours. You get it all. Yeah. Two so um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like two-ish hours. Um, you land on on Edgewater, and you get out of the uh, the escape pod, and hilariously, the guy you're supposed to convene you in with, you have smushed him. You Wizard of oz him. Is yeah, it's very good. It's, it's very good. The intro to this game, I think, is hilarious. It's yes. so charming, and that's really something that pulled me in. I feel like with Fallout and other games, like they introduce you to that 
gritty world and they want to make you feel dark and moody and edgy and it's like let's just let's start this off with a laugh and then get you invested and then we'll fuck with you you know yeah, yeah. I, I think that fallout has a curve where it's like haha look it's a terrible world but there's funny things in it and like it's all kind of ironic but then the writing and the characters just don't support that yeah this one just... seems to have kind of flipped the script it's like this is a hilarious world but then you're gonna learn that it's terrible and awful <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I think comedy. I think comedy is a better way to draw people in than tragedy. Like when you're making things initially, but yeah. Anyways, um, so then you uh, decide to kind of make your way out. So you're um, you find your old sh- or sorry, the person that you smushed ship, and mm-hmm. the ship needs a um, needs a power thing. <laughs> Power regulator. Power regulator, yes. It needs a big battery. Yep, it needs a big battery, and basically you are now the captain of this ship. You've taken over from the um, the other smuggler that, that used to be... Captain Alex Hawthorne, who was the original owner of the ship. Why don't you just do it then? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I'm taking my I'm, toys, and I'm going home. I'm going to go eat some more jalapeno poppers. <laughs> nobody, like, under, nobody knows like, this inside joke we're doing. It seemed like you needed a hand. So I was like, I remember the name because, and I, I love this detail. I think I mentioned this to you, Michael. Um, you, you know, talk to the ship's AI, and the ship's basically like, hey, you can be the new captain, but, like, I can't transfer ownership of the ship from Captain Alex Hawthorne to you. So, like... You just have just to be to Captain Alex Hawthorne. Just, you know, if I ask, just say you are, uh, and you can play along with that. So when you introduce yourself in the world, you can choose to say, I'm Captain Hawthorne, or you can choose to say, I'm Captain, and then your name, whatever name you started the game with. Me, I started with my actual name, Alex. So my options were still, <laughs> I'm Captain Hawthorne, or I'm Captain Alex, and I spent... 10 hours of this game thinking, oh, that's cool. They just let you identify yourself by the first or last name. Yeah, weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I I also really love this ship. Like when you tell, um, when you're like, what are you going to do to me? Like, how are you going to kill me? And she starts like releasing vents and stuff like that and cutting (laughs) off oxygen. And you're like, dude, we're on the fucking ground. (laughs) She's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I guess I can't kill you. <laughs> the the sentient AI on the ship is it's very good. Mm-hmm. I I love sentient AIs that are like very sarcastic. I'm like a sucker for that entire trope. I think they do it really well in this one. So it's it's very good. So uh, you need the power regulator. So you go into town, and this town makes. Saltfish tuna? What is it again? You know Salt what, Alex? Tuna. I'm you gonna pass the I ball to you. Yeah. <laughs> you had a good run. Plus, <laughs> has already tried. You make it to the town of Edgewater. I guess we've actually been referring to the planet as Edgewater. The planet is Terra too. The town is Edgewater. Yeah. Um, so you make point. it to yeah. Edgewater, which is um, a company town, which is essentially, you know, all they do. The entire town is built on this very low producing saltuna cannery um, where they just can saltuna which you know that that's what everyone in the town does more or less um and the entire town is run by one of these kind of mega corporations that has a hand in controlling the solar system um and this one is spacer's choice which is i think my favorite of all of them that i've run into because they have the great tagline of it's not the best choice it's spacer's choice <laughs> which is really fucking good it's, yeah 
I think they put their best foot forward with Spacer's Joyce, the writers. I Yeah, they did. It's, I've heard it described numerous times as the Kirkland brand of all sorts of space adventuring type of gear. Uh, and I think that's very good, but also I think it's doing a disservice to Kirkland because that shit is very good. And Spacer's Choice is exclusively garbage. <laughs> Everything they produce is trash that's designed to break within one or two uses. Um so that's kind of like, you know, the the whole conceit of the story of this area is you making it into this place and then finding a, a power coupling, power battery, power whatever for your ship. Um, and in doing this, you meet the kind of head of that company town. His name is Reed Thompson. I think his last mm-hmm. name is Thompson. Yep. Um, and he explains to you that they, you know, you came to get one from the Saltuna cannery, but he won't give it to you. Um, but that... You know, if you reroute power from the old geothermal plant to the Saltuna cannery, there should be an extra one out by uh, kind of an abandoned or mostly abandoned greenhouse, which he then explains is where you, um, you know, where a bunch of deserters from this town have gone and kind of set up their own camp that is not necessarily affiliated with the, you know, the corporations and the board that owns this whole place. They're trying to kind of make it on their own, which is something that is not, not really heard of. Um, and then you kind of predictably continue down that path to have a couple of different options but i want to stop here and i want to talk a little bit about just kind of the introduction of edgewater and the town and the characters therein um and just kind of how you felt going through this world um and and interacting with these people up to this point because i think this was definitely one of the strongest parts of the game so far pass i'd agree i mean (laughs) oh oh. (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll just we'll just give doug some time to collect his thoughts Okay, that's fair. <laughs> you just you rest those pop angel boxes, everybody. It's fine. Because <laughs> uh, as soon as you go in, you're greeted by that that big smiling moon, right, for the town of Edgewater, and like mm-hmm. you know, it's all kind of hanging off. Some letters aren't flickering on and off, and it's kind of just this rundown place. And I was so into it because it absolutely reminded me of like one of those one of those like rundown ghost town sort of or like pre-ghost towns that you would find in the West. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, towns as we used to call them. (laughs) But on its last legs, you know. (laughs) Pre-ghost towns. Pre-ghost towns. I don't know. (laughs) I love it. I love it a lot. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, you just get a very Western vibe out of it. You know, the wind's blowing, everything's kind of grimy and dusty. You know, you can start talking to people. You see people kind of talking about the factory and be like, ah, I'm working another shift. And, you know, they just talk about the plague. And, you know, you meet a grave digger and he's just like, well, got to shovel more corpses. And there's <laughs> just... The grave digger is the absolute best. I love that grave digger. And it's just such a, like... It is struct like it is definitely structured so he is most likely the first person from this town you will meet. And it's such a just poignant introduction of like, hey, if you thought there was a chance things might be okay here, the- here the first NPC you're going to engage with that's like a part of this corporation is a gravedigger, and there's graves all around this town and he'll just go on spiels about how he's mad that people haven't paid their gravesite fees because obviously when people die they have to pay for it because they're still technically company property even when they're dead their corpse could still be used for something (laughs) and it's 
it's hilarious, but it's so bleak, and it sets the tone immediately in a way that I found really, really strong. Yeah, it's this wonderful bleak absurdity of it, just like paying for your own grave sites. It's absurd, and it's the corporate thumb pushing down hard on everybody. And it's, yeah, that's the vibe that you get through the entire town with this very overbearing salt tuna factory. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest thing in the place, right? Um, yeah, it's it's everything. It It is the heart of the town. You are led to believe that if the salt tuna cannery was not working, that the town would completely cease to function. And you are also quickly led to believe that it's not a lot of salt tuna left. And also, they've been packaging things that are not salt tuna in the salt tuna cannery because they need to put something out and this is all they can do. Yeah, you even find records that are like, what if we just make the cans thicker? <laughs> They're just having all these weird ideas, and I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you you do end up meeting uh, a couple of the companions that you do end up getting, Parvati and uh, the Vicar Max. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about those in a bit. Like Duncan, what did, yeah. what did, what did, what did you think? Uh same. Cool. So those <laughs> no, companions, just, yeah. though, <laughs> um, dude. No. Uh, so. I I'm gonna I agree with a lot of things that Michael said, and I'm also going to add what I love about the design of this world and this town in general. And I'm not talking like the story it's telling. I'm more talking about the ideals of the level design. So like mm-hmm. this town, space wise, and like if you were to actually like put out the playable and walkable square footage of it is relatively low and there's like a lot of doors you can't go into there's not a lot you know what i mean like that you can walk around into and not a lot of empty spaces they made sure that if you are going to discover a space there will be something interesting in there for you and it also i felt like it made it very clear that there were um certain buildings that were explorable and where those buildings were were very clear. Like, some RPGs, I feel like I just run around and I click the doors to try and find the doors that have the interesting stuff in them. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. I think in this town, it's designed in such a manner where you know exactly where something is. Um, and, of course, there's waypoints to tell you where to go for the main story. But, like, it it's a nice breath of exploration mixed with, like... There's not too much here. And that's why I quit a lot of open world-ish RPGs is because Mm -hmm. there's just too much shit and there's too much stuff I don't care about. Like, I really, I don't have time to run around and, like, explore everything and I don't really want to. Like, I I do have time, but I don't really want to do that. It's, like, it's it's very beautiful and to the point and I feel like they don't waste my time with empty buildings and I respect that so much. Like, lock as many doors as you want. Tell me the interesting stuff. Um, And... I love that about this general world. I think that the first world's map is small when in comparison to most open world games, but I'm all for it. Like, I love that. It's just big enough. There's enough interesting stuff to pull me in. I know exactly where the interesting stuff is. So, yeah, that's my spiel. It, it definitely benefits from the increased level of focus, right? And, and I think they can do that a lot more because it is not this massive sprawling world where everything needs to interconnect in a smart way. It's like, hey, here are, you know, these are open worlds, but there's a bunch of them and they are disconnected. So, like, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have a large empty wasteland that has nothing in it because you're just out of ideas. You just don't build that part of the map because mm-hmm. you don't need to. And I think that's smart. Um, and in terms of 
the what you were talking about earlier with the way that things are like easily labeled and, and it's kind of easy to find where the important stuff is. I think they do a really good job with that as well. I think, um, you know, you don't spend at least so far. I have not spent a lot of time going into buildings that are just kind of nondescript home looking buildings to do quests. It is usually like going to a bar that is very obvious or it is going to like, you know, uh, a mechanical building you know a, a building where mechanics are is mechanical building is probably not the term mm. for where mechanics are but you know um i took my car to the mechanical building <laughs> <laughs> they they do a good job um of of keeping those environments interesting and they also do a really good job of you know from far away they do a thing where if a door is unlocked and it is accessible it'll be kind of silhouetted with like five glowing blue lights, Mm -hmm. which, you know, as obvious, it's very clear. There's no kind of ambiguity there. It's not like it's making the world look a lot more interesting, but it is something that's really easy to just kind of scan and go like, oh, I can ignore those ones because they're nondescript doors with no lighting. Um, And one of the things I realized about that, um, not realized about it, read about it, is there are no, like if you go into the accessibility options for this game, there's no like colorblind mode for it. but the reason there's no colorblind mode is one of the principal designers has a pretty like severe type of colorblindness I've heard. Um, mm. So the like artistic and environmental and like the design of the game from a top level was meant so that everything that you would need to see would have multiple ways to indicate that it is where you need to go or you need to interact with it outside of coloration. Mm. And I think that ends up being a more pleasing experience even for people who are not colorblind because it is just much more like you know, it, it blends in well, but still provides the information you need. And it's a lot easier to kind of see things. And I thought that was that was kind of an interesting offshoot of that design philosophy. Yeah, it's very, um, very like designing the stop sign or like different traffic signs. Where it's like, we made it an <laughs> octagon and red, and it says the thing on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, let's get to the real... Um, Let's get to the real Occam's razor of this, the real um the real uh, Schrodinger's cat of this, the oh real um the devil's advocate. Let's 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 get to the real what's the choice yeah. we have to make? What's what what the choice Thompson we have is to cut to that do? shit out. <laughs> oh, none of those. None of those were correct. <laughs> uh, what's the uh what's the crux? What do we have to make? What decision do we have to make here? Yeah, Michael, do you want to do you want to walk us through? The, yeah. the next bit the grand decision the, the grand going to a meeting the dessert el decision uh, grande yes uh, so after you're talking to uh, Norman Reedus Reedus Thompson Reed Thompson uh, I found it you found it <laughs> yes we got there um, <laughs> You he says like okay here's a mechanical girl um, wait no a girl wait, that's a mechanic wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh no see it's easy to do <laughs> <laughs> and he introduces you to uh, a woman named Parvati, and she's an engineer. She's a mechanic. Um, I don't think she has any cybernetic parts, and she she comes along with you. <laughs> and she comes along with you to the geothermal plant. Um, Retopson asks you to talk to uh, a former worker of his named Adelaide, uh, who has since deserted all of Edgewater. Um, and implores you to bring her and her other deserters back to the canning factory because that'll probably fix everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, you know, yeah. they need the people. They need to be more productive. Yeah, they need more throw more human bodies at the lack of salt tuna. That'll work. Just put them in the cans. You got to fill it with something. Um, 
So, <laughs> so you go off with Parvati, and she is just a delight, by the way. So yes, Parvati is great, and she's a treasure. And Duncan doesn't like her. What? Hold on. <laughs> Hold up now. <laughs> Hold on. I just okay. All right, keep going. We'll talk about it later. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty fuming right now. You can, you can defend Parvati right now, uh, or you can defend right. your. Okay, I think I just haven't had enough time with her. I think she's okay. She's fine. I don't get why you're all so hyped on her. Because she's Jewel Sadie. Huh? I mean, she's not, but she is. Oh, she know. is. She is. Is she? Well, n- no, but kind of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started, I literally just started to look up Jewel Sadie to see if she voiced Parvati, who uh, Jewel Sadie played Kaylee in Firefly. Um, but no, I'm a fucking idiot. It's the same voice actress who played Chloe from Life is Strange. Whose name is also escaping me. That's but... why you both have a crush on her. I see, I see, I see. No, it's fine. Wait, hang on. Michael, okay, keep walking I'm just going to keep it. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so you get to this greenhouse, you get to the deserted camp, and you just, you know, they're growing stuff, they're growing tomatoes, they're eating dog meat, um, and you, <laughs> they're eating the canid meat, which is native yeah. flora, I guess, or fauna. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to the camp leader, Adelaide. And you talk to her and say, uh, hey, so uh, Reed Thompson has given me this dilemma. Uh, he wants me to shut off the power. And then she tries to talk you out of it and tell, tell you, like, no, no, no. Divert the power to here. Fuck that salt tuna plant. That way we'll have, you know, more deserters and we'll, they'll all be free of the board and it'll mm-hmm. be great. And um, she gets pretty heated about it. She does not like Reed Thompson at all. No. She is very vehemently against him um which i think later on you learn why i don't know if you get it out of this conversation um uh not this one but i think you can go back and talk to her again before you find out but yeah Yeah. if you have a high enough like like observation or something like that or uh you can she's like hey i made a saltuna flavor that was white chocolate saltuna and I did such a good job, and he doesn't even like it. And you'd be like, "It's more than that, isn't it?" And she reveals why. Yeah. She really okay. Like yeah. It. Yeah. Then she, we, I think we she, can go into why. She right pretty now, much though. worked her son to death. Yeah, yeah. and he her, got sick with the got plague, sick. And, yeah, and made him continue to work. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't give him medicine. And Reed has been only saving medicine for the highest productivity workers, and the plague is befalling the town. So a lot of people are succumbing to the plague, even though that. There is some medicine. Mm. Um, so, you know, you can find that out and then um, basically just have that decision to make. So you go on down to the uh, geothermal factory, you kill a bunch of robots, and... <laughs> it becomes a video game-ass video game for a minute when you <laughs> pull a lever and they're like, Aha! No, no, no! You've got to flip four power switches throughout this entire facility. Yeah. Just okay. really think about right. what you're doing. Um, and as you go to make the decision, Parvati stops you. And then she says, uh, "Oh, geez, Captain, I, I, I don't, I don't think we should, we should not cut off the power to Edgewater." And she just like blurts it all out at once. Um, and it's, it's actually a really endearing moment as she, she kind of says, "Like all those people, you know, that's not their choice. You know, they kind of, they were born into it. They don't know any better. You know, you'd be punishing them almost." Uh, yeah, she makes a compelling argument for how if you're doing this, you are like, you know. You're not sticking it to the board. You're ruining these people's lives. Yeah. And up until this point for me, I was all like, hey, we'll stick it to the board. It's going to be great. Um, and as yeah. she said all of that, that gave me a pause. That gave me a turn. 
and then I still stuck it to the board and ruined all those people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> but I actually stood there for like 10 seconds looking at the screen like, shit, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, they do, uh, I think, a very smart thing in having Parvati, like, stop you there. Because, you know, it's not necessarily like the most... Like, oh man, I didn't think of that. Like you could you could think of it, but it is impactful to have that presented to you, you know, succinctly right before you make the choice. And I think most compellingly by a member of that community, right? Mm-hmm. This is not just like some random person who, you know, you've been traveling with that has no connection. Like this is a person who spent their lives in that community that recognizes there are good people that will be, you know, destroyed by this choice. And she also brings up the point that, like Adelaide seems kind of mean she seems vindictive yeah yeah she's not like great and super nice and everything like she kind of puts up that front but she doesn't seem like she's everything she claims to be um and i think that you know it turns an otherwise extraordinarily easy choice into a very difficult choice that everyone i've talked to has either struggled with or made different decisions than me yeah so alex what did you what did you choose then uh, I did the opposite of you, and I chose to take power away from the deserter camp and bring it back to the the uh, Sultuna Cannery and Edgewater to try and you know bolster it and make it so the town could be productive again. Yeah. And now Duncan, um, who's the obvious tiebreaker here for who's right. Um, oh, oh, uh, gonna gonna stop you right there. <laughs> I uh, I saved the game. I closed it out. I didn't have to make a decision. Uh, this is a little like story <laughs> hack you can do. Um, I think it's really fucking selfish for this guy. He just can't fucking order a part online. Like, what? I I don't under... Okay, I really don't understand this. He needs a part. He needs a part, right? And I get it. It, it, You know, it's... It it can't be, you know, obtained right now. But Mm -hmm. I don't feel a sense of urgency. I feel like I could wireless somebody and get this part. I've got money. Like, I, I just don't understand why this decision's necessary. Just assume that it's an extraordinarily expensive piece, right? It's like the thing controlling power to the entirety okay. of the town. Okay, but then why is it when I walk in, someone is someone who is struggling with money is not willing to just, just, just not let me have it and just get it themselves and sell it? There's some just gaps I feel like, and I also feel like when I talk to, um, sorry, who's the who's the lady at the botanicals again? I'm Adelaide. 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 When I talk to Adelaide, I'm like, yo, there's a high chance I just might steal your power. I'm surprised she doesn't just pull a gun on me and shoot me, like, and try and kill. It's <laughs> yeah, so right. She just lets you go and do it. I don't know. I just felt like there that, was some that weird. That a little weird. There's some weird holes with this where it's like. Why are these people letting me do this? Like, it's a very Mm. strange power. Like, uh, I feel like it's required to have the moral struggles and to have the different points presented to you. But it makes more sense for me to have, like, note about this in passing and, like, went to go steal it. Yeah, that Um, one did kind of break the illusion for me when I was in the game. Because I'm just like, you know, Reed, if the factory goes on offline, the board's just going to give you another part to put the factory back online, you know? Like, Well, so well, from Reed's point of view, I, I get it, because I think the implication is, like, this town is not, like, not turning well. them a profit. Yeah. They're not going to invest resources to get it back up and running. Right. They'll just leave it to die if it dies. I yeah. suppose. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I took the game off. Don't have to make a decision. Just got to wait for a part to show up. Uh, no, fine, fine, fine. Okay, all right. I um, I I 
put it to the botanical garden because fuck the man. Hey, uh, fuck the man. Also, I also think. Bwee, bwee, bwee. Um, I also think I needed to free poor poor little um, um, uh, shit. I'm doing so bad at this. You're too Kaylee. Can't remember names. Am I blowing it? Parvati. Parvati. Yeah. Am I blowing it? Uh, Parvati. Um, I I. I I feel like Parvati was too attached to this town, and I wanted to manipulate her and be like, oh, oh like, oh, like, oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh. I wanted her on my team. I don't I don't have any romantic I made the decision to stick it to the man and then manipulated the people I was in a position of power over. Listen. I'm the good guy. Listen, not all liberals are good people, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, okay? Uh, oh, my I'm God. I'm comfortable saying this now. He did not kill himself. <laughs> Okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I was wondering no, I, it was gonna come out. There we go. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to say some dumb shit about manipulating someone to do this, but I, I legitimately didn't really feel like, like I felt like the factory was gonna go out anyways. And like, if because they were running out of Saltuna, everything was going bad for them. So it's like, it's just gonna go bad for you later anyways. So like, fuck it, right? Also, I, I mean, that's a fair choice. The game like presents you reason. with very, like, the only person that you feel like you can trust because they literally saved you from a possibility of never, like, waking up, it seems like. I trust him, and I want to go with what he wants, and it seems like that would be what he wanted, the um, the main character you meet at the beginning. And it's very, like... Phineas Wells. Yeah, they set you up to be very roguish and against the corporation, so I'm like... I get that the game's giving you a choice to be with them, but I feel like they don't present me an attractive enough path that mm. I want to go down that. And I get you could probably do other things to wary on that path, but fuck it. I guess. No, uh, I, yeah. I I completely understand. I, you know, I definitely walked around the next day like, I think maybe I made the wrong decision because I do want to stick it to the man. But, like, where I kind of landed on it is it didn't feel like taking power from that company like taking power from edgewater and the cannery it didn't feel like that was sticking it to the man yeah because like spacer's choice has pretty much all but abandoned that place anyway like, yeah they don't care at this point it's the people fending for themselves with a little bit of like spacer's choice you know controlling their lives and what they can do and say but like i and this was my main gripe with it was like i wanted I wanted five more minutes to talk to Parvati. I wanted yeah. to know, like, what's going to happen to this town? What's going to happen to these people? What's going to happen to, like, X, Y, Z? You know, and unfortunately, you don't, you know, get that option. You're forced to make the, the decision with, like, the little bit of information you have. But I don't know. I I felt like p sending power to the deserter camp wasn't really helping that many people like i felt like it was genuinely damning more people and i didn't feel like spacer's choice would care at all yeah. i felt like they would just be happy to cut and run yeah i had some serious buyer's remorse after i made that decision um i think if i were to play the game again i would probably just send all of the power back to edgewater um mm -hmm. because of all those things you said you're not really sticking it to the board it's just you're kind of hurting these people who were born into it and don't know any better you know um and then the other thing you learn is that uh, Adelaide um, isn't going to take in the people from that town. Uh, she's just going to let them die if you go and talk to her yeah, afterwards. She's That's take the in fucked some up of the part. people. Yeah, she's not going to take in everyone. Yeah, she said no. Like no, we need to keep it. We need to keep it pure. You know, we can't have any of that bureaucratic thinking over or that capitalistic thinking 
uh, in our mm-hmm. camp, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 way, way more people are going to die this way. I goofed. Um, yeah. I feel like yeah. the game will probably make you feel that way with whatever decision you made. Well, uh, oh, well, oh, I don't think so. So Alex and I talked about this uh, before we decided on the podcast. But oh, yeah, yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll explain briefly the, the other choice, pretty briefly here. Um, you the game really kind of goes out of its way to allow you the option to wrap things up nicely if you did it, like sent it to Edgewater. Um, so you can essentially convince all of the deserters that have names, you don't talk to the ones who don't, um, you can convince all of them that it, they should go back to Edgewater, and most of them are pretty happy to. They're not, like, exceedingly mad. They're like, yeah, it's, like, it's actually really rough living out here with the marauders outside the walls, so, like, maybe that's for the best. Um, and Adelaide is the only one who won't go back, um, but you can talk to her and eventually convince her, um, and she will agree to go back as long as Reed Thompson is no longer there. She says she won't go back to town, you know, with that monster, you know, again, the whole hurt him being the the cause of her son's death. Like, she won't be in the same town as him. Um, so she basically tells you, hey, go kill Reed, and then I'll come back to the town. Um, but you can go and talk to Reed, and if you have high enough persuasion checks and everything, you can convince him that, like, the town suffered under him, and he should, you know, leave and do what's best for the he town. He should and kill Adelaide himself. Run it. <laughs> he should, well, you don't tell him to kill himself, <laughs> but you do say, like, hey, if you're just going out there, you know you won't last a day out there, right? And he's like, no, I think I'll probably last about a week. And then he Whoa. leaves, and he's like, ooh, yeah. okay. Uh, and, like, they they shove a lot into that interaction, but I think they do, like, I wish it were spaced out more. I wish we got more time with Reed, but they do a good job towards the end of making him feel less like a trash person which is yeah. how I initially viewed him, and more like a person who was put in, like, born into a really hard position where he had to make difficult choices and didn't have the resources necessary to succeed, um, but, you know, did his best with, with what he had. Um, and I think that it ended up making me, like, not regret my decision. Like, I didn't get buyer's remorse because of it. You also get to have a conversation with him where you're like, Adelaide's growing food, and he's like, that's literally not possible. Food doesn't grow here. And you're like, well, I mean, your people all have the plague. Do they eat vegetables or anything? And he's like, you don't need vegetables. Sultuna has everything you need. What are vegetables? (laughs) Um, And then, you know, um, and I don't know if you guys got this interaction, because from what I understand, it's it's definitely missable um, in terms of, like, because Adelaide goes on a big, long spiel when you first meet her about how, like, oh, my plants grow because I love them and I nurture them and I care for them. Um, but if you turn off the power and talk to her and convince her you're going to talk to Reed, she tells you what she actually does to make the plants grow. And I don't know if you guys got that. Oh, no, no, tell me. Um, so basically, the secret ingredients to make the plants grow is Salty, that they need yeah. nutrients. And what's better than, like, what has more nutrients than ground up human corpses? Okay. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay, game. Okay, game. So you just want me to return you. You just want me to return you, right? And just restart you. And just fucking restart you from the beginning and make the Reed Thompson choice. That's fine. I'll do to that. To be fair, wow. I, actually, I actually like that. Um, and I don't like... That's just cannibalism with extra steps. It's not. It's, it's the thing. I think that's a reasonable thing to be like, hey... 
food doesn't grow and people get the plague, this is the one nutritional thing we have, and we have a lot of corpses because a lot of people die out here. So we use it as fertilizer, and it's fucked up, but also people stop dying because of it. So, like... I mean, eventually it's just not going to work anymore, but... Those plants are made of people! (laughs) (laughs) You also... She tells you that, and when you're talking to Reed, he's like, how does she get plants to grow? And I was just like, uh... Don't know, my dog, she never told me. Must be something crazy. Weird, right? (laughs) Uh, Which, I love the option to do that. Yeah. Uh, I also like so, that you can, when you talk to Adelaide, you can tell her like, "I'm from Earth," and she's like, "Oh, sweetie, honey, no, 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 you must be, <laughs> you must be on drugs." And you're like, "No, really, I'm from Earth," and she's like, "Oh no, you need a nap, you need to rest, you poor thing." <laughs> it's very uh, good. Um, it's it's good. I think th- I think so, that choice ends up being good and nuanced in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting because again, I liked Fallout New Vegas a lot, and I'm going to reference that because it's their previous game and it's a lot of the same style, but like. The choices there were not really difficult, I no. felt like. Like, who do you want to side with? Do you want to side with this government that's maybe a little bit bureaucratic and a little bit in your face in this hellish wasteland? Or do you want to side with the people who are literally crucifying people in the streets? Yeah. It's like, well, that's not a hard choice <laughs> game. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that one. I um, Speaking from the perspective of the other ending, um, you know, you go down... Uh, to the to to Edgewater and the devil went down to Edgewater and um, you walk through. <laughs> I feel like a devil now. And, uh, you walk through oh, and it's like really like deserted and like all those the powers off. And I just walked into a, a hair cut cuttery and the guy's like, I can't cut hair in the dark. And I'm like, Okay, man, <laughs> that's right, I get it. <laughs> and I walk out and then you walk down to like part of the factory and it's just reed sadly smoking a cigarette and you're just like hey he's like just tell me why you did it like come on fucking why and then you can talk to him about it and he's like all right well i'm not gonna stop you go ahead and take the thing but i got guards down there and they're gonna shoot at you okay bye and uh, you go down there, and you kill a bunch of guards, and Pavardi is probably killing her own people, and she's like, yeah, I got him! <laughs> Headshot, bitch! Like, okay. Interesting interactions. Oh. And, you um, can sneak in there and take it without killing guards, which is what I did, and then I turned around and killed guards. But you can do it you without the fucking Jesus. monster. I wanted the you extra XP! Also- you can also, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, intimidate Reed so that he'll call the guards off before yes, you go take it. It's true, it. yes. What, aren't you a little fucking game facts, huh? Hey, look, I've talked to a lot of people about this. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, so, um, yeah. Hey, Michael, what do you do? You have anything else to say about this? This this alternate bad ending clearly now. Um, it's, I don't. I still disagree with that. Okay. Present, presentation of it. Okay, uh, Alex, let me present this to you. Would you rather everyone, almost everyone, be alive except one stubborn person? Or uh, half the town to just go to absolute shit? I think it is, you know, you you are making a hard choice and you are doing it in an effort to send a message. And I think that it's a rough choice, but I don't think it's like the alternate horrible timeline choice. I think there's definitely like... Some people are going to be able to forge their own way and be happier for it, and some people mm. are going to, you know, die along okay, the way. Let, and that, me, that part's let rough. Let me rephrase the question. 
uh, if mm-hmm. I could. Um, Alex, okay. do you enjoy eating people? <laughs> okay. <laughs> people or plants grown from people? There's a difference. There's really not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Plant Biologist, whatever. Listen, you are what you eat, and if you are what you eat, then the thing that you ate is what it ate. And if the plants ate the fertilizer, oh, then you okay. are what you ate. Okay? Okay. Token, is that get... is the smartest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I need help. I need to go back to school. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, okay. I want to move on because I do want to talk a little bit about um, Edgewater as a whole. I want to talk about like the exploration of the space mm-hmm. that is not just the town a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I found this to be a really enjoyable part. And it's also where a lot of the inconsistencies started to pop up for me. Um, and I think the biggest one is... The, the game goes out of its way to explain the people in the town and the struggles that they face, and it goes out of the way to explain this deserter camp and the struggles that they face. And, like, you get this feeling of there are, you know, the corporate folks, there are the people on top, you know, like the rich ones, the ones that control everything, the people who are in positions of power, there are the people who are, you know, working for them and suffering, and there are the people that are rebelling. And then there's also just marauders. And yep. marauders are just this class of people that are exist to be shot in the head, and that's all you need to know about them. And that striked me as it struck me as a little odd the whole time, where it was like so many of these people are built up to have reasons for why they are doing what they're doing. And the people who like, you know, tear off the shackles of this corporate empire are like heralded as heroes in a lot of the ways in this game. But then the people who aren't doing it and are just trying to, like, live their own life out there are just nameless, faceless, and you murder them, except for the ones that do have names and get backstories that, like, are bounties, and you still only have the choice to murder them. And it felt really, like, I don't know if maybe it was just me that felt that way, but every time I, like, come across and kill a group of marauders, I'm like, I don't, this is weird. Like, it feels a little odd to me. Well, do you remember the Reavers from Firefly? There's got to be some kind of government experiment that went on. (laughs) Hmm. I would love it. If that's the case at the end, that'd be great. I don't think that it is, though. They're They're pretty cognizant and, like, you know, not spoilers, spoilers. Like, at one point, you do run into the leader of a group of what is otherwise nameless and faceless marauders, and they seem to have good intentions. So, like... Wait, when? What? Uh, on... in Roseway. Wait, when? What? We'll, we'll, we'll talk okay, about it. Okay, okay. I don't want to talk about it in front of Duncan. <laughs> Thank you. Respectful. Um, so, I don't know. That was, like, that is kind of... That was an inconsistently the, an inconsistency that rubbed me the wrong way, and I think you get a lot of those, and, like, you get some inconsistency between, like, what the game is telling you and what the game is having you do, and, like, I think the writing is really good and really punchy for a lot of the major dialogue bits. And I think a lot of the side stories are significantly less like coherent in what they are trying to like have you do or say, or the characters. And I think the humor is like really strong at points and then just disappears entirely at other points. And like, I think sometimes the writing fails because of that. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I enjoyed this part immensely, but it is where these things started to kind of take root that then, like I've been thinking about since that point. Mm. So maybe I'm totally alone in that. Maybe it's just me like not accepting the game for the fact that it still has to be a video game. Like and they still need to be humanoid type enemies to shoot and things. But that's kind of where I came away from, from Edgewater. Uh, I didn't think about that, um, but I see where you're coming from. And there is like a side quest 
a little later on that does kind of explain a little bit about why marauders are Mm -hmm. um okay i'll be very interested if that's hmm. the case because that is i think the the biggest thing that bothers me about this game well it's especially because there's a quest for one of the deserters where you have to go find someone who's missing and she just fucked off to go hang out with marauders oh yeah that's true and you you just murder all of the marauders with her and she's like yeah i don't know i just gave them some shit and they liked me yeah what well i mean i didn't have that option i just murdered them now uh, hold on it wasn't i gave him some shit it she was, had. That gave him it was a bunch of adrenaline time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get lit off adrenaline. Maybe they're just always high, and we all know that anyone who's high is evil. <laughs> all you, all Smoke you, on that all devil's you, lettuce. All you dope heads oh, no. out there, you're all evil marauders. Oh God. Just kidding. I'm lit right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not cool enough to say that oh um, my god so immediate not knowing where you're going after you said just kidding and like gotta find it Ooh, i guess this is where i'm going yeah. so i uh i also felt a bit of a disconnect while i just killed faceless humanoids and i'm like who are mm-hmm. these people and why and how but then i'm like yeah but i gotta shoot something right it's a game <laughs> gotta with guns. Nuke something yeah so um <laughs> I just kind of let it slide, and eventually I just kind of let myself understand that they are just fun little in-between things. Um, I do... One one thing I don't necessarily like, but also can't really put my finger on about it, is I don't like where they're positioned, and, like, it. they're just kind hmm. of, like, in houses or, like, other building structures, and you walk into them, and there's just... It's just riddled with ammo and guns, and it's like, what are they doing here? I could believe them as, like, a pillaging race if they seem to have more stuff going on. Like, if they had, like, food that they were making, and it was, like, all trashed, and, like, there was, like, graffiti on the walls and stuff like that. And it seemed like they were more, like, a couple of, like, really mean vandals that no one could take, you know, care of. But it's more like, like, just actual human bodies that were placed and they just got there. Like they just got there a lot of the times. And I would, I would find it believable if they've been there for a while and they just set up shop and they're just fucking assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that kind of hits on something that I hadn't quite identified in my playthrough. And I think that's, that's true. That's yeah. It's weird. That's a really man. good point. Yeah. So I, I can believe I can put it believable and I don't want them to just like, do animals that I kill all the time because that feels shitty. No. Uh, so I I'm mean, fine do with a lot it. Of that, but. I, it didn't really bother me, but I do. Um, I do see the the um, the the issue there. So yeah, um, I just wanted some throwaway lines where they're like, "Ah, oh, yes, the Marauders. Those are the people that got exiled because they did murders or something like that." <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Cool. Now I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you um, read the bounties for those named ones, they did. They murdered people. Yeah. Like, before they were exiled, they murdered people in I town. I don't really remember most of the bounties, honestly. I remember that they, they died pretty quickly, and I remember that they had stories, and I was interested. Um, but yeah, I, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's video game-ass video game stuff, right? Like, yeah. you don't, you want some humanoid enemies to fight because it feels good to be fighting something that looks like the equivalent of you um, to make it feel more like it's an even playing ground, and I think that that's fine. It's it's okay. just something that bothered me a little bit when I was playing through it, but it's not like ruining my time with the game or anything. Okay. 
Fair enough. Um, I will say, though, and, and Michael, I think maybe you can speak to this as well, um, the difficulty curve in this game makes no goddamn sense to me. Sure don't. Not a lick boss. Like, hey, you will die to those two marauders outside your ship every time at level one. And by level five, you cannot be killed. And everyone dies if you sneeze at them. <laughs> and it's a weird difficulty curve. It's like you get two good guns and a little bit more of a health pool. And then just like stand to the side with a fucking long rifle or machine gun. And it's just over. Yeah, I think that just the enemies are have static uh, statistics to them. I mean, they don't, they, don't, um, they don't level with you, right? There's no, there's no curve to it. Seem- I, it says they level with you. If you do like the slowdown time thing, it says they're leveling with you, but it doesn't seem like they're getting stronger at oh, the same that's rate. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's fine. It's like satisfying to just mow down a group of enemies. But I was like getting all prepped for the like. Okay, I'm gonna have to be like really smart how I approach this. I'm gonna have my companions coming around for. You know what? I'm just gonna shoot everyone in the head and then keep walking. Yeah, just fine. keep on walking like nothing happened. Oh, it's a nice day today. <laughs> nice day in Edgewater. <laughs> And uh, someone who went more sneaky, uh, I could say that once I reached that level, I'm like, there's no point in me sneaking up at people anymore. I can just <laughs> run up to their face and start bashing them. Oh, start I bashing still, rats. Yeah. I put a bunch of points into sneak, too. I still do it. I think it's a lot of fun. I just it like to fun. be in that I mean, headspace, sneaking up on things, and just be like, and line up the sights, and one shot, slow down time, and then just boom, 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 boom. Feels so fair. good. I... I love trying to sneak into like a hidden area in a building that's like, ooh, sneak back there and maybe you'll steal secrets and like crouch down and like pick the lock and walk through and close the door behind me and like take two steps. Oh, yeah. And then both of my companions take turns. Opening the door. Yes. (laughs) Every time Parvati is just like, oh, you try to steal stuff? Whisper quiet, Captain. But also, everyone check this shit out. Yo, I'm about oh. to do some cool pyrotechnics over here. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to say about Edgewater? I feel like I'm pretty. That's good. most of what I had to say about. I'm pretty it. good. There's I, Vicar Max that we didn't talk about. But... Oh yeah, that guy. Um, there's a guy, and he believes in this whack shit. He's the good shepherd. The... Yeah, he's the good shepherd, he, except he he's is... not. <laughs> I like Vicar Max. So I've been I've been reading I've been part of the you know party to the discourse online as the kids say. He's on the Discord. Uh, man, Vicar Max is like a very polarizing figure in He's this a game. sexual a icon. A lot of people do not like Vicar Max and a He's lot a of them love him and everyone character. wants to fuck him. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I I I love him. I think he's an incredible like foil to Parvati. Uh, and I think having them both in your party leads to a lot of fun and interesting conversation, like interactions between the two of them. Uh, and I'm excited to see where his story goes. Did you actually complete his his quest line, Duncan? For the book? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I just listed as a side quest. I but. just think his religion is the grand equation is not interesting in a way that really captures me. I think his character being this kind of like. Why, yes, I'm part of this, you know, religious institute, but I'm also kind of a badass. Is like a fun, you know, a fun part of him. It's Shepard from Firefly again, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fun. I just, I don't know. I just haven't spent enough time with him. And I'll admit, I played this a little bit more rushed because, you know, like, 
you and yeah. Michael were planning to you know record this. I'm like, ah, maybe I can jump on for one world and I can finish it. So I may have missed some you know dialogue or I might have just said bye to him early because I thought he was just a side quest giver. I didn't think he was like mm-hmm. yeah a future like companion, companion, which is cool. Like, yay. Um, yeah, I felt the same way about him. But yeah, uh, I, when I, I think I'll enjoy him more, like I, I played a little bit when you're in the ship before you go to the next planet. And I like went up to talk to him because I kind of wanted to see what he thought about my decision. And I saw like eight conversation options. I'm like, oh, dope. I'm going to talk to this guy a lot, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested yeah. to get into him uh, and learn yeah. more about him. He does uh, get also, better as time goes on, I think. Also, Pavardi, I just I, I don't. Like from what I've gotten, I don't understand why you two love her so much. Are you kidding me? She's so great. She's so sweet and, and so nice, and she's Kaylee. She is basically just Kaylee, and that is part of why I like her so much. That's fair. Um, but she's just so I, nice, she's and a, she's got like this southern drawl. The way she says things, she calls you Captain, and it's just she's so nice. Hmm. And she also she feels like a relatively well fleshed out character. Right? She doesn't just necessarily. And a lot of this, I will admit, like a lot of my thinking that she is a good and well-fleshed-out character does come from interactions that she has with other people or the continuation of her story quest after Edgewater. Mm. So I think it's possible that maybe you'll you'll hop onto the train then. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I just I enjoy her way of looking at things and the way that she describes things. And she's just, like, super charming and fun to have around, um, which is why I like her and Vicar Max in my party at the same time, since he's such a, like kind of an asshole pragmatist i think that the two of them play off of each other really well yeah um also i love that vicar max's whole quest line is about getting like a forbidden book that you know can't be read and it's like you know people of his religion aren't even supposed to know about it and he gets it and the whole reason that like he has to join you for his quest is he gets it and he's like it's in french i can't read french (laughs) that's exactly how he says it too he says like i can't read fucking french yeah (laughs) (laughs) fucking french people (laughs) he gets very aggressive (laughs) He's like, it's not even a real language anymore. Oh, it was <laughs> so it. good. Yeah, it that was cracked like, me up. Uh, I will say, though, some of the... There's uh, my last two things before I head out here. Um, is There's a weird sound design thing. When you complete a quest, it does not play a quest complete sound. It True. It sounds very like you fucked up kind of sound. And then when I turned to the book, it said lost the book, like that the book that he wanted. And I thought, oh, I lost the quest. How did I lose the quest? Like, but it's just you losing the book from your inventory. Yeah. So I thought I like yeah. got a bad version of the end of that of that quest. And uh, turns out I'm just an idiot. So I loaded the save twice to try and figure out a way. To <laughs> Holy shit, that's happen. amazing. I'm a dumbass. Damn it. That's so good. All right. That's going to wrap it up. For today, we're done talking about uh, the outer, the outer worlds, outer wilds, the outer worlds. No, nope. no outer not this wilds shit again. We ones. avoided it the whole podcast. <laughs> we did so good until just now. Um, yes, the outer worlds. Um, so that turns out I don't have to go. Turns out I can join you for the whole adventure. Turns out we talked about Edgewater literally twice as much as I thought we were going to. Yeah, um, and just, I think we'll be able to talk about more worlds next time because, like, you know, oh, yeah. we'll have less to talk about the game and stuff. So, with mm-hmm. that being said, if you enjoyed the luscious voices of Thoughts from Player One and our hot takes on this hot game, why don't you leave us an iTunes review? You know? It helps us out. Leave a five-star. Maybe a four. Any less than three, and I'll, I'll, I'll find you. 
All the Michael episodes are five stars. All the Michael episodes are five stars. Four of the five Michael episodes are five stars. Wait, that- hold on. There was one that I wasn't in. I refused to endorse it. Yeah, that's true. It <laughs> well, was kind true. of bad. We, yeah, let's, we don't talk connection. about that one. So this is yeah. my fourth episode, huh? Yeah, fourth episode. <laughs> um, we don't let Michael play alone anymore with me. <laughs> Unsupervised. I, yeah, <laughs> unsupervised. <laughs> we needed we needed daddy to come that was watch a, us. That's a fucking meme heavy episode and I need to be there to cut that shit right the hell out. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, maybe leave us an iTunes review. Follow us on Facebook. You just search Thoughts from Player One on Facebook. It's that easy. And on Twitter, it's at Thoughts from P One. And that's our Twitter handle. Um if you want us to play any games. Have any questions about the Outer Worlds? Because I know you do. I know you want to ask us who our favorite companion is. Uh, we, you already know it. <laughs> so, no need <laughs> to ask that ask one. That ask different questions, though, cut maybe. Cut <laughs> <laughs> but you know what question you want to ask. Uh, we'll, we'll let, you know, if you want us to give you a shout-out, we will. And, you know, we'd appreciate some questions. Uh, and that about wraps it up. Uh, Michael, do you have anything to say? I've got a closer. No, I'm afraid uh, Alex does the closers here now. But I'm having trouble finding an appropriately themed closer. It's no not the best choice. It's our podcast. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to just fucking neg us like that. <laughs> I want to be negged. Neg me. Neg me. Neg me. <laughs>